It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball guru, basketball, football, golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, Dave underscore Essler. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Uncle Dave, here we go, Wednesday. Got a full slate of games on our betting card today. We have some NBA stuff that we want to go through, also some Major League Baseball stuff. Uh, for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast today and did not notice, Uncle Dave and I did our BMW Championship Golf Podcast yesterday. You guys can get that on Twitter. You can get that on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Pod. Make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe. Uncle Dave, I want to go ahead and start out in the NBA today. With an early game, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time start, we're going to have the Magic at the Bucks. Now, I have a free play from one of our new guys. You guys have not had a chance yet to go ahead and listen to him. Now, this is a Vegas guy. His name's Jay Smooth. You guys might have seen him in the pregame.com forums or on Twitter. You guys can find him at smooth underscore 702. He's going to go ahead and talk you guys through the Bucks and the Magic game. Why don't we go ahead and give that a listen? I like the Magic. Plus 14 over the Bucks. With the nine matchups between these teams during the regular season and the playoffs, the Bucks have a margin of victory of plus 14. So I think there's value on the Magic and could be even more if this number happens to creep up to 14 and a half or 15 closer to game time. The Bucks have been a great defense all season, but they do allow teams to shoot 35% from three, which ranks 18th in the league, slightly below league average. And the Magic are shooting 34% from three in this series. But with exception to their horrible shooting in game two, they're shooting 42% from the line. With the Bucks winning three straight games by at least 14 points, I expect for them to have just enough of a letdown for the Magic to stay within the number and the Bucks will be happy just getting the win and getting out of this series to move on to the next round. All right, so there's Jay Smooth with his play. On the Bucks and the Magic game. Solid stuff there. I want to jump right to the late game here. Uncle Dave, we have the Blazers and the Lakers. Big news coming out of this one. Damian Lillard will not be on the floor tonight. Lakers are going to be a big favorite here, Uncle Dave. Minus 13. It was actually minus 14 last night. It's come down just a tick. Total going to be around 223. I have a player prop in this one, but I want to hear what you think first about the Blazers and the Lakers tonight. Well, I mean, I think that uh, probably with or without Lillard, the, you know, the Blazers kind of cool story is uh, getting cooler in Chile. And this is the uh, Blazers ticket out of Orlando tonight. I mean, I just, there's no way that the uh, Blazers are going to beat the Lakers. I think the best bet in that game has got to be the total. You know, unfortunately, I think it opened 227 down to 223. I see 222 and a half at Pinnacle. That would concern me a little bit. Uh, I, I don't like losing that much value. We should have done it probably yesterday. But obviously, if you did it yesterday, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So if you need late-night action, I think the best play in that game is probably the Blazers team total under um, for a couple of reasons. Let's see, with the total at 223, uh, their team total should be 118, 105, roughly 105-ish. Um, I would take that under for a couple of reasons. Number one, of course, they lose Lillard's points. But... Probably more importantly, the way that game plays out, you know, the, the Lakers are not going to run with Portland regardless. And Portland just is going to be too thin. 
you know, and no options. And I think if the Lakers do get the lead that everybody expects them to do, I think they'll play it out and uh, call an Uber and get to the airport later tonight. So I don't see this game being being competitive uh, enough to put points on the board late. So if I'm betting that game, I'm betting the Portland team total under. Uncle Dave, eventually I think that the Lakers will probably end up running away with this one. And I think they'll, you know, they'll be probably more than likely, you know, ahead after the first quarter by a few points. And I think it'll just slowly go ahead and keep ticking away here from the Blazers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually play a guy who has a prop here tonight. It's going to be Kyle Kuzma. And his average on the year for his points per game is 12.8. Well, they have his player prop right now at 12.5 points. So I don't see why we don't go ahead and take that. One of the things, you know, with this Laker team, Kuzma will get run if they have a decent-sized lead, and I believe they will tonight. And I don't think they're going to go into this game, you know, really with any worry that the Blazers are going to go ahead and probably steal this one. So I think I think Kuzma will get a decent run probably in each quarter. And the fact that, you know, LeBron and, and Davis have been, you know, listed as like day-to-day every day on the injury report, you know, if they don't need those guys out there for 35, 38 minutes today, you know, maybe we see those guys getting like a, you know, maybe like a 28, 29, 30-minute run and, and calling it, you know, calling it good probably uh, just because I, I don't think the Blazers, uh, you know, think that they can win this series. Obviously, if they, if they sat Lillard, I mean, that's going to be a big blow to them. But the fact that they're down 3-1 and they were dominated, it's just like the domination from the Lakers is is happening, you know, each and every game. After that first game, I mean, it was cool. But then, I mean, you get blown out in game two. Game three, they gave everything they had. Still lost that game by eight. And then, obviously, game four, I mean, that game was over in like the first five minutes. So, uh, I think Kuzma is not being priced correctly. I think it, right now it's like 12.5 minus 120. Uh, I, I think that's just much too low. He had 18 points in the last game. And as I mentioned, you know, it was a 20-point blowout. And if they're going to be, you know, 13, 14-point favorites here, I don't see why we don't go ahead and take a shot with Kyle Kuzma with his points over. So, Uncle Dave, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to skip over the Thunder and the Rockets game. So we have the NBA covered for today. I actually do have a Thunder Rockets premium play tonight. You guys can go ahead and find that on pregame.com. But I want to start out in Major League Baseball, Uncle Dave, with the early game today. We're going to have a 2 o'clock first pitch here between Pittsburgh and the White Sox. Pirates are going to have Williams on the mound. White Sox, they'll have Keuchel on the mound. Interesting story coming out from the White Sox yesterday. Giolito pitched the first no-hitter of the season. He actually pitched a no-hitter. It wasn't a, uh, a, a, an effort from everybody. And I actually, I think we, I don't know if we talked about that when we did our team previews, Uncle Dave, but that certainly was a wager I was looking at. Somebody to go ahead and throw a no-hitter, and it couldn't be, you know, a combined effort. It had to be a solo effort from a pitcher, and the odds were actually like plus money. And I think the reason why was because of the shortened season, and I guess they didn't really expect them, you know, somebody to go ahead and throw a no-hitter. But sure enough, Giolito goes out last night, throws a no-hitter, and I'm not saying Keuchel is going to do the same here. He'll be drawing a pretty hefty price, minus 210. Total is going to be around 9. I see some juice on the under for this one. Curious what you think about this one, Uncle Dave. Pirates, White Sox, what are you thinking? Well, this is a tough one. You know, I, I Keuchel does kind of own me. 
I think 210 is a little bit steep for, for almost anybody. And one of the reasons I think that might be the case is I think you'll find that Williams is probably the Pirates' best option as a starter. I mean, he, he hasn't really got shelled. He had a couple of rough outings early, um, but they were against the Cardinals and the Cubs, uh, teams that, that know him really well. You know, but he's pitched pretty well. You know, he, he three hit the Twins, and he, he, he held Cleveland to one run on six hits in his last outing. So in as much as the Pirates suck, um, he doesn't. You know, the Pirates kind of uh, can't give me enough to take the Pirates because, you know, they won three straight before that game last night. They've only won seven all season. And I may be a bit of a contrarian and oftentimes a masochist, but I can't quite go there. What I don't understand here is that total, you know, you mentioned it's at nine. It actually was at nine and a half when we started talking here at Pinnacle. Now it's down to nine, you know, pretty heavily juiced to the over. At nine and a half, even at nine, I would do I would do nothing but bet the under. But I don't think Williams is uh, that bad of a pitcher. And oddly enough, the Pirates' bullpen has been pretty solid lately, 3.71 ERA over the last week, and that includes a bunch of games against the Brewers. So you know, it's not like they've played – poor hitting teams and Keuchel and as much as I never seem to get him right, he hasn't given me a reason to think he's going to give up runs. You know, the, you know, he's given up one, two, three, one, two, two, uh, in his six starts this year. And he's gone six innings or better in his last three of his last four starts. And the White Sox bullpen is pretty good. So I don't understand that pseudo move to the over. You have two thirds of the tickets are on the under yet uh it's still sitting there at nine i don't necessarily agree with that i'm thinking maybe you know it's a day game uh and spongebob wants to bet overs in the day game but i don't see it so if uh you're making me bet your money i'm taking the under i don't know what to think with this one uncle dave i actually wish that i had a sample of what teams did after a no-hitter and i'm curious with that data you know what pittsburgh might feel like you know, coming into the game the next day after they only managed, you know, I think I, th- I actually think that Giolito was like one walk away from a perfect game. I think he actually walked a batter. It was either in like the third or the fourth inning. I saw that. But I'm just curious, you know, what, what, what the sample is with a team coming off of a no-hitter. I would expect them to come into the box and, you know, be trying to go ahead and get, get, get a couple hits out of the way, at least get one hit out of the way. And for Keuchel... You know, I always wondered, you know, what the pitcher the next day does, you know, after a guy does throw the no-hitter. Because in a sense, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it kind of like shines up, you know, the rest of the guys on the team being like, all right, you know, dude's got a no-hitter. And I just gave up, you know, four runs and, and nine hits in my last start or whatever, you know, Keiko did. I'm not sure what he did. I think he actually pitched really well. But I'm just curious, you know, how Keiko comes out. I mean, you can get a player prop on Keiko over four and a half strikeouts. And look, if Pittsburgh's cold in the box right now and they're just not seeing it, and I mean, there's only – I don't think there's a guy on that team right now batting 300. I mean, that, that team's just pathetic. I mean, there there aren't many guys on that team, you know, hitting over like 240. So I wonder if maybe we play Keiko um, over his strikeouts today. You know, maybe he comes in being like, oh, I'm not going to be the only guy to go ahead and pitch, you know, a super dominant game. Maybe you get – you know, a real big effort out of Keuchel. But I would like to see the sample size of, 
you know, what teams have done and what pitchers have done following a no-hitter. And I think that that data probably be quite easy to find. So I don't want to give out anything official, but uh, I would probably take a look at Keuchel over strikeouts or maybe we play, maybe we can go ahead and maybe take a look at a Pirates first inning run. I would assume that they're not just going to stand in the box today. So maybe we can, we can do that. Maybe we can get get some plus money on that. I'm just talking through this. I don't have an official play here. I'm just trying to think of maybe some potential ways that we can go ahead and find a wager in that one. I don't have a whole lot on that one though, Uncle Dave. That that's kind of just what I'm thinking here. Why don't we jump over to let's go to a dinner time game here, Uncle Dave. We have Philadelphia and Washington. Nolo will be on the mound here for the Phillies. Nationals are going to end up taking Corbin, the lefty, on the mound. Philly right now, small favorite, right around minus 110, 115. Total eight and a half. I'll let you go ahead and rip a run on this one first, Uncle Dave. What are you thinking? Well, Patrick Corbin has uh, not performed well enough for me to take him in too many situations. You know, the upside here is he hasn't faced the Phillies yet, but he he gave up five runs to the Orioles. He gave up three runs to the Mets. He gave up three runs and eight hits in six and two-thirds innings against the Fish in his last outing. So I just can't quite see myself getting to Corbin. You know, you have a, a, a Phillies team that is not all that great against left-handed starters. And then you have Nola, and he's another guy I don't seem to get right. Um, you know, people are probably all over him last week when he pitched against the Mets because he had uh, uh, given up one run to the Yankees, one run in eight innings to the Braves, then he shut out the Mets. And then, of course, last week he didn't last three innings against Atlanta. So, you know, which one are you going to get? And, of course, Washington has seen him. Uh, so it's a tough call. And, of course, the market says that, you know, it's kind of 110 either way with, uh, you know, the total has gone from eight and a half up to nine. And I think at, at, uh, at eight and a half, maybe even nine, I could consider an over um, only because historically both bullpens do kind of suck. So I'm thinking – you know, if you get eight and a half or even nine, the uh, the you need both teams to score four runs in order to get uh, at least a push out of the deal at nine. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, that almost looks too easy. And you got Lance Barksdale behind the plate, and he is as dead nuts of an under umpire as almost anyone ever. I mean, he's like 161 overs and 204 unders in his career, 44%. That's just not um, making me think I really want to bet that under. You know, I, And I think a lot of that might be the, the over money might also be based on recent history. I mean, they had 11 runs in their game yesterday and 19 and 12 in the two games prior uh, against the Fish. So, you know, the, the question is, I think for me, is how much control over this game does Barksdale really have? And I, you know, I just don't know. I mean, they're they're kind of begging you to take Philadelphia. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that, although Washington has just not been playing well. They've lost four out of six. Um, you know, gun to my head, um, I'm probably, gun to my head, probably, what am I going to do, Sleepy? Gun to my head, 
I'm probably going to have to take Philadelphia. It's almost a lesser of two evils. But what I think I would do there, because I despise the, the Phillies bullpen, is I probably would take the Phillies for the first five innings. So there, I've talked myself all the way through it. That's the best bet in this game. I don't necessarily know what I would do in this one, Uncle Dave. As I'm looking at it, maybe the over is the right way to go. I mean, if you look at what Philly's done their last three games, their bats have been you know pretty good. They scored five, five, and eight. So you're looking at 18 runs over three games, and in that, they've scored, they've scored quite a bit. I think they've scored 20, nine, eight, and three. So they scored 20 runs. So these teams are actually hitting the ball, you know, to a certain extent, but their pitching has just been brutal, as you mentioned. So uh, it would probably be a slight lean to the over here. I think there's plenty of guys, you know, that can go ahead and and, and get it out of the park here. I mean, there's a lot of power in both these lineups. So. Uh, I would go that way. All right, Uncle Dave, let's jump over to one of the night games tonight. Let's talk Colorado-Arizona. We'll have that Gray versus Ray matchup. I think we've talked about this matchup recently in our podcast. Actually, I think maybe last week Ray went against Ray. And right now the D-backs with Ray on the mound, the lefty, they're going to be around minus 130, 135. Total sitting at 10. A little bit of juice here on the under. One opened up at 9.5. So the betters are thinking over in this one. My first knee-jerk reaction, Uncle Dave, was over. So I'm gonna. I'm curious what you think about this one, but I haven't looked into this one a whole lot. Maybe we can talk ourselves into a uh, a decent wager. What do you think in Colorado, Arizona? Yeah, I mean, I would like to not agree with uh, everybody taking that over, but unfortunately, for the people that want contrarian bets, I do agree with that over. Gray and Ray have been shadows of what they were not that long ago. You, know, you look at you look at Ray. In fact, these you're right. Gray and Ray did pitch against each other a little over two weeks ago, and it was a 12-8 game. Now I don't know if we'll see 20 runs again, but I think we'll see 10. You know, Ray's only had one outing that was what was good, and that was against the Padres. He gave up four runs to the Giants. He was crushed by Colorado. He was crushed by Houston. He was crushed by the Dodgers. Now, look, I know that Colorado isn't any of those teams offensively, but they know him really, really well. So I would expect them to score. And then if you look at Arizona's bullpen, you know, they had a stretch where they actually were, were quite good. Um, but I think, I think their ERA at home is actually pretty solid. But the last week or so, they haven't been solid. Their ERA is is nearing six, and they've lost, what, one, two, three, seven in a row. Uh, and some of that you can blame on the bullpen because the last couple were one-run losses, uh, and they weren't hitting. They started hitting a little bit last night. And then you look over at Colorado, and you got Gray, and there was a time where Gray was kind of the, the better's darling. But what's he done? He was crushed by the Dodgers. You know, he three-hit Texas, but that's Texas. Arizona nailed them for eight runs. In three innings the last time they met, gave up four runs to the Giants. So I just don't know. Uh, you know, he's going to be better on the road because he's not in Coors Field. But on the road this year, his whip is 1.8, and, that, and that's just not very good. And, of course, the Colorado bullpen is just not very good. They've been been pretty good on the road on the season. But the last week, you know, at the Dodgers and, and even at Arizona, uh, they're – their bullpen ERA is just miserable. So, you know, I don't know how that game stays under. I mean, it may end up being a, a 2-1 game, 
But when you got two starters that typically uh, aren't looking too well, and then you got two bullpens that typically aren't very solid, you know, I don't know how you take an under there. Um, you know, it's pretty square to take the over, but I do like it. You know, Doug Eddings is going to be the home plate umpire. Um, he's typically somewhat of an under umpire, um, but not enough to scare me away from it. Um, Arizona is not a big ballpark, not Coors Field, but it's not Oakland either. So I have to say that in spite of the fact that Joe Q Public is going to love this over, so does Uncle Dave. I'd be right along with you here, Uncle Dave, with this one. I mean, the last time these teams played, as you mentioned, it was a 12-8 game. They put up 20 runs in that one. I don't think it's, you know, out of the question that they put a ton of runs up in this game. If you look at both lineups and how many times that they've seen these pitchers, I mean, you're probably talking like 140, 150, you know, maybe 100, over 100 at-bats for, for a bunch of these guys in both lineups. And that's just too many looks. And, and they have a recent look. And these guys are not anywhere near, you know, the shape that they've been in. Ray right now, 8.3 ERA. Gray a 6.2. Gray a 6.2 ERA. Ray has a whip of of two, and Gray has a whip of one point three five. So I I just I don't I don't see how these guys you know keep people off the off the bases here. I mean Ray is just walking guys left and right. You can't put runners on base constantly for free, and they've given up you know a decent amount of home runs among themselves. I think they're giving up uh, right now. Let me see here four games by thirteen. So you know they're averaging at least almost you know one home run per game, you know. So if you're looking at a, at a bunch of guys getting on base for free, plus we have, you know, a decent amount of guys here that could actually hit um, and, and a bunch of guys that could hit for power, I don't see how you don't take it over. I know it is a square play, Uncle Dave. So I would agree with you here, Uncle Dave, that maybe we go ahead and take the square ticket, play this one over the total. So not much more else here to talk about, Uncle Dave. We do have some NHL going on today. There will be a 3 o'clock start time here it looks like the islanders flyers followed by the lightning and the bruins and then the avalanche and the stars late tonight at like 10 30 i like those late hockey games gives me some of the late action tonight i think it's going to be rather interesting something i was thinking about here uncle dave you know these eastern conference teams right now are getting a break when you look at the heat they're getting a break the raptors they're getting a break um, and you, and you have, you know, the Western conference teams is in like, you know, the Thunder Rockets looks like it could go deep. The Clippers and Mavericks look like it could go deep. You know, I just wonder, you know, with all these games being played day after day after day and teams not getting really any type of break, unless you close the series out, uh, I'm curious what, what it would look like, you know, if we break down from when, the, when the games actually started in the bubble until we get to the finals. You know, if there's going to be a, a, a significant rest advantage for one team or the other. Now, the Bucks, you know, they're, they're going to be up more than likely. The series will be over tonight and more than likely the Lakers series will be over tonight. But it seems as if, you know, if the Clippers do end up making the finals, you know, against the team from the East, that they might have some some type of a, a disadvantage as of right now. But I think that's something that we want to keep an eye on because I think the rest issue is going to is going to actually show up you know in the finals if we do get a team that that's just been consistently playing each and every day grinding through uh and and they end up having to draw a team you know that 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 has an ample amount of rest so that's just something i was thinking about i was thinking about that last night but that's really all i have here uncle david i don't have much else 
So we'll go ahead. We'll wrap up the podcast. That's it for today, guys. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. That's Uncle Dave. You guys can get him at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.